You're listening to The John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now with his boogie shoes on and ready to talk Baylor athletics, here's Jerry Hill with John Morris. That's great. It doesn't get old, does it? It does not. It does not get old. I've got some other versions of this, but I just don't change it because this one's so good, you know? Right. So... Jerry Hill joins us now. Uh, are you okay? Is everything okay, Jerry? John, I just want to boogie with you. <laughs> My lifelong goal is just to boogie with J-Mo. Yeah, and Aaron. We just boogie away. <laughs> That's right. Very nice. Uh, everything okay? It is. I don't know why you asked, oh. um, but everything is good. Okay, okay. Well, I'll ask I- off the air. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, how about uh, let's start with let's uh, spin the wheel of topics. And, yeah. oh, look, it stops on Baylor football first. Let's talk Baylor football coming off a really tough loss to a really good Texas team on Saturday. Yeah, it was tough, John. Um, and, I'll you know, I will give a shout-out to the fans. I mean, that place was packed. The students were there. It was great atmosphere. Um, you know, I thought they gave a lot of energy right there at the beginning of the game and, and, you know, the team just didn't get it done. You know, I think there were chances there. You had six trips inside the red zone and, and score two field goals. That's, that's kind of the story of the game. And then, you know, Texas hit on some big plays. Um, but really the defense kind of did okay. Most of the night, it was just those big plays that really hurt them. And then when the offense couldn't really, you know, couldn't really move it like they needed to. Uh, Texas took advantage of that there with that 21-point second quarter. I'm glad you mentioned the crowd because it really was good. It was a great atmosphere, 49,000-plus, I think fifth largest in McLean Stadium history. So uh, kudos to the fans. They really did their part. Yeah, and Brent actually updated that. That was actually the third largest oh, really? okay. crowd in stadium history. So, yeah, I – like I said, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously there was some orange there. There was a lot of orange there. But I, I think Nick Florence said it wasn't as much orange as he expected. Yep. So, um, you know, I again, I thought the Baylor fans did their part. I thought the students were amazing. That, that whole two sections there were just completely filled. So, uh, again, I thought it was a great night, great crowd, and, and you know, hopefully uh, they come back on the 7th. What do you think uh, the psychology of this team is now? One and three, oh and one in conference after four home games to start the year. And I think we said this on Saturday, maybe it's almost a plus that they're going on the road. You know, sometimes a team goes on the road and yeah. it's the, us against the world. You circle the wagons, you know, all of that stuff might be coming at a good time, really. And, and John, you go into that game knowing, um, you know, if if you're going to get energy, it is going to be within your team. You know, there's not going to be just a ton of fans up there in the stands cheering for the Bears. So you've got to bring that own energy. But you're right. I mean, you're you're insulated. You're 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 on you're on your own. You're together. Um, I think in a way, there's less distractions. I know that doesn't sound right, yeah. 
But, you know, we put them up in the hotel, you know, here on Friday night anyway. But I think I think there's less distractions on the road because you've got everybody together. You kind of know where everybody is and and you don't have maybe as much family and friends around and stuff. So I think it can be a bonus. And, and you're right. I think they can go in there. I think the attitude, the, the mentality has to be, okay, those games are behind you. And I know this is a little cliche, but those games are behind you. It kind of starts now, and it goes back to that one and zero mentality. You know, go one and zero this week, uh, and then let the rest take. And I will say this: if you look at the schedule, Don, I'm not saying there's any easy games left, but there's no top ten teams left on that schedule. Yeah. You know, they played. You know, Texas and Utah both in the top ten right now. Texas State is the one that you know really kind of hurts you still. But two of your three losses were to top ten teams, and there's none of those left on your schedule so i think that's a plus and guess what you still have four games at home yeah so (laughs) i think it's still in their hands it's a lot i mean there's only eight games now left and if if you're talking about going to a bowl you got to win five of those but it starts this week you know you go you go into a a tough place ucf hosting their first big 12 home game uh, and I know they're going to be fired up. That game was a sellout probably in like May or June or something. I mean, it's been <laughs> right. a sellout for a long time. So the bounce house is going to be crazy Saturday night, Saturday. And a real key game, isn't it? You know, kind of a swing game for the season. I mean, it's not a make-or-break game one way or the other, but I think uh, really a swing game for this Baylor program this week. Yeah, and I had thought, John, when they when they started 0-2, uh, and, and then you beat Long Island. I thought, man, if you could win two of your next three and be three and three at the halfway mark, mm-hmm. I don't know that you're on track, but that's a pretty good, you know, you kind of get you back on the track. So if you could win these next two, go two and oh, these next two, you're right back at three and three. And, and then you've only got to win three of your last six, do the same thing. So I think these next two are really big. If you can pull one off at UCF, and then come back here and beat Tech at home, I think that would be, you know, it kind of gives you life, that kind of thing. It pumps pumps energy back into you. It pumps energy back into the crowd, the whole bit. Um, so I think you're right. I think these next two games are really big for Baylor to kind of get back on track. All right. And uh, obviously all the focus is on UCF, but the next home game the next week is against Texas Tech, a gold out at McLean Stadium. 7 o'clock, another night game at McLean Stadium coming up in two weeks. Yeah, that one will be on ESPN2. And, and uh, you know, again, I think a lot of fans have wanted particularly conference games um, at night. Well, we've got them. You mm-hmm. know, had the great showing um, Saturday against Texas and now another night game, another night conference game in a couple of weeks uh, against Tech. So I think uh, – you know, hopefully, again, the the big crowd shows up and makes a difference in that game. Very good. All right, let's talk uh, some other sports going on. Uh, soccer, talk about a tough start to conference. Yeah. They played three ranked teams to open yeah. conference play. That's tough. Yeah, and, and you kind of knew that going in, just the way the schedule fell, that, uh, you know, you were starting out basically with the three teams that are ranked in conference, and, and I think probably – the three best teams in conference. So again, you've got those out of the way. Now go play your next games. So I, I, you know, and they go to Kansas this week, they play Kansas on Thursday and K state on Sunday. 
so again, they can kind of get back on track if you take care of business. Those are those. Neither one of them will be easy games, but they're not the ranked teams that you've been playing this last week, week and a half. So I, I think uh, Coach Leonard and that team, they're now five, five and one overall. But like you said, zero and three in conference. They need a win. They need to get three points, hopefully six points this week, um, to kind of put them kind of back in the in the race to get to the conference tournament and, and do some damage, do some damage there at the, at the big 12 tournament. Yeah, that'd be nice. And then volleyball, uh, pretty tough stretch also on the road, isn't it? Yeah, it has been. Um, and, and that was tough playing at BYU. Uh, they're really good. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that one was a tough one. Of course you played without Kendall Stowers that hurt. Uh, I believe Madeline said that, uh, she's supposed to be back for the Iowa state, um, games this weekend so that would be good um, to get her back I mean she's obviously a difference maker for that team and and you know they struggled particularly offensively to get anything going and and you know so never even getting to 20 against BYU so I think she will definitely make a difference and I'm sure they learned some stuff from that game you now that match um, so yeah they play a very good Iowa State team uh, this this weekend in Ames uh, I believe they play John I believe they play Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, right? Sunday, right, right. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So uh, again, you know that's that's not easy. Iowa State, I think, is uh, particularly historically over this last ten years or so has been one of the best teams in the conference. So if you can go in there and at least win one of those, um, you know, it kind of kind of gets you again back on track. That seems to be the theme here. <laughs> yes, it is a recurring theme. With uh, the sports we've talked about. Yeah, volleyball at Iowa State, 2 o'clock Saturday. It's on ESPN+. Plus. 2 o'clock yeah. Sunday, and that was the change, uh, so it can be on ESPN2. So uh, that's what's ahead for volleyball. What do you know about Jerry Hill, our guest, Baylor Insider? And uh, if anybody can answer this question, Aaron, it's Jerry Hill. Uh, tell us what you know about Baylor women's tennis hosting the HEB Invitational this weekend. Boy, that was a tough question. This <laughs> This is, and that's good. They get they get a you know a home tournament kind of right off the bat, um, and uh, you know I've, obviously in the fall it's all individual, but uh, you know this will be a good test for them, you know, to play before the home folks uh, with pretty much everybody else on the road. You know, volleyball, soccer. We mentioned football. I mean, all three of those are on the road, so this is kind of that one home event. So good chance, uh, you know, if you haven't been out there to go to the herd center and catch this team. Very young team, John. I mean, they don't have, you know, a lot of experience on this team. Um, but I know Coach Scrivano is excited about it. They've got a, a lot of young talent, really good uh, incoming players. So I think this will be a fun one to kind of gauge and see where, where this team is right now. Yeah. and See, I told you. If anybody could answer that question, it's Jerry. <laughs> I had no doubt. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I had no, no doubt whatsoever. We should mention Equestrian also. They start their fall right. schedule this Friday. Baylor number seven in the preseason poll. They uh, compete at number four, Texas A&M on Friday. Yeah, this is uh, Coach uh, Maxwell going back to her alma mater. She competed, obviously, for A&M, and this is one that they usually do every year, uh, you know, either and sometimes home home and away, um, both. So uh, this will kind of get their season going. They had the green and gold, the scrimmage last week. So this will be their first actual competition of the fall. One o'clock, uh, one o'clock Friday in Bryan College Station. So uh, again, they're pretty young too, John. Um, 
So I, I, they they do have I, I think it was like 13 of their 19 point winners back from last year. So I mean they do have some experience, but it's still a pretty young experience. So we'll see how they do. Uh, you know they like you said they started the season ranked, and I know they'd like to stay there. You know and get back to nationals at the end of the year. Yeah, and uh, they'll be home, talking to Equestrian, they'll be home October 6th, so Friday week against second-ranked Auburn. Um, back to football, what do, you, uh, what do you see, what do you hear about Blake Shapin possibly being back this week? Yeah, John, honestly, I didn't know that he was even practicing some last week. I guess I had missed that, but uh, you know, then when he you know, was out there for the pregame warm-ups, I heard that he had practiced some. Um, maybe some isolated practice. So it was good just to see him. In the, and I did, I knew he probably wouldn't play in that game, but just to see him out there. And I was kind of watching that, seeing how he planted and stuff. And it looked like he was throwing fine. It looked like he was planting his back foot. So, uh, you know, hopefully he's ready to go. That'll be, I think it would be a big lift for this team right now, John. I'm not saying, you know, that his coming back solves everything, but certainly he gives you a lift. And I think back to, you know, a couple of those games, um, you know, I, I honestly think if he had been there for the Utah game, Baylor wins. Mm. So, you know, and, and that could have made a big difference. And even if, even late in the Texas State game, you know, where Sawyer threw a couple interceptions, maybe Blake doesn't do that. Maybe Blake takes them down there and scores touchdowns and they come back and win. So uh, I, I think this could be just the uh, difference maker, I guess, that the offense needs. Again, not going to solve everything. Certainly doesn't solve any issues on defense. But I think he just kind of gives the the team a lift at a point in the season where it really needs it. So I think that would be big. I know Coach talked about it the other day, but a lot of other guys uh, potentially coming back this week. I didn't realize they were down to three cornerbacks Saturday. But a lot of those guys are coming back. Uh, Tevin Williams, Reggie Bush, I believe, is back. Not that Reggie Bush, but our Reggie Bush. (laughs) Um, and I think uh, Trey Emery, one of the defensive linemen, uh, Dom Richardson had re-injured his ankle, but he he's good. So uh, potential to get, like I think he said, as many as seven guys back this week. That includes Blake. So that would be good. He said, you know, pretty much uh, as close to full strength as they've been since week one. So usually at a point when you're starting to feel some attrition, they're actually getting some guys back. So that could be a big thing going into this week uh, at UCF. Yeah, very much so. That would be good. We thought Saturday uh, we saw Blake Shapin kind of warming up pregame right. against Texas. We thought right. they're just they're just pulling Texas chain, you know, just yeah. having him out there so the He's Texas coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, wait a second, yeah. is he? Could he play? Wait a second, because yeah. then they went back in the locker room and he came out in sweats, so right. he was right. not going to play. So uh, I don't know if that was just a little gamesmanship pregame or just kind of getting him out there and seeing what he could do. And, John, I don't know if you've heard from the UCF side. I I listened to a little bit of Malton's press conference. I guess that was yesterday. And sounds like Plumlee is kind of on the road back but might probably miss again this week their quarterback. Um, Probably see Timmy McClain again this week. but he did it. He did a good job last week against K State. So I think whoever they play, they're going to face a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, they played well, didn't they? I mean, uh, K State sort of pulled away late, but they, you know, in that environment, they played really well. Yeah, and we know that's a tough place to play. Right. And they went in there and they were toe to toe with them most of the way. Like you said, K State pulled away, won forty four thirty one. 
Um, but I looked at their offensive numbers, and, and you know, uh, UCF did very well. Uh, they struggled against the run. I believe K-State rushed for like 281 yards. So hopefully that gets the Baylor running game going too. Right. I, you know, I know Coach talked about they've got some big defensive tackles in there and stuff. But, uh, you know, if they can crank up that running game and get it going again, hopefully Dom's full go. Uh, and then we saw a little bit of Jordan neighbors uh, in that spot uh, Saturday. So uh, maybe they'll be, you know, full go this week and can kind of crank up that running game. Yeah, good point. Thanks for making that uh, because Coach Aranda said that looks like a permanent – for now it's a permanent move, Jordan neighbors yeah. to a running back from receiver. Yeah, and we had seen a little bit of that, not not so much from the running back spot, but we had seen some of that like on end of rounds and stuff like that, It kind of inside reverses. Um, but he lined up in the backfield and ran from there. And John, I, he, he seemed to like be able to squeeze through spaces, mm-hmm. just real tight spaces. He seemed to be able to get through there. So I don't know that he's going to be like a real power runner, but he, he has a knack for finding space. So I, I think that could be a good move for him, you know, and probably you, you I don't know that you would put him in the slot some too, but maybe you use him as a receiver out of the back, yeah. obviously, because he's got the hands. So I think it's just another threat um, to go with Dom Richardson and Richard Reese, and, and hopefully that gets the whole room kind of going in a positive direction. Yeah, I like that. Very good. All right, thank you very much. We appreciate your time. Hey, John, can I throw in one more? Yes. We got time? Okay. Yes. Well, I, I, well we I only have an hour, but yes, go ahead. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because you only have one hour. One hour, yes. Uh, I, meant, I meant to text you this. I talked to Pat this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Hall of Famer, right? And it was amazing. It was oh, so much good. fun. Oh, uh, good. You'll you'll have a lot of fun on Thursday, but uh, it was a good time. And he's he's already uh, sent me a couple of pictures, and including <laughs> uh, him and somebody else standing next to him at the national <laughs> celebrating. Cool. Yeah, it was really good. It was really fun. You know, <laughs> he. I think there's a part of him that thinks there's no way he deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame, but we know that he does. We absolutely I'm, do. I'm, Excited to see him go in. Very cool. So y'all had a great visit. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it was amazing. You know, I, and I don't know that it was anything I didn't know, but it was just. And actually, he did kind of throw, throw some of those stories out there. Um, I don't know that you want to go there, but ask him maybe a, maybe off air about Evansville because I had not heard that story. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, yeah. So maybe off the air though. So all anyway. right. Very good. He yep. is he is most deserving. So that's great. So we're, what we're talking about is Pat Nunley is one of those going into the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame this year, and Jerry does a written feature on all of the electees, and we have all of them on the radio. So this week it's Pat Nunley week. Every week yeah. is Pat Nunley week. But that is right. But uh, Jerry's story on Pat this week, and we'll have Pat on with us on Thursday afternoon. So we look forward to that. Very yeah, nice. Absolutely. Thank yep. you. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. All right. Jerry Hill, Baylor Insider. Great to visit with him. Always a wealth of knowledge. Great information on every sport at Baylor. Read his work uh, at BaylorBears.com and plenty of other outlets.